Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls. Welcome to The Ralph Report. So happy you're joining us yet again on this Tuesday, April 28th. We got a hell of a show lined up for you today. Because on the counter, you want to know why? Because it's TV Tunes Tuesday, and we're going to take a look at one of your favorite TV theme songs and tell you all about it. Also, all the entertainment news, all your phone calls as well, and another edition of Who'd Ralph Play? Oh. Because there was a brand new Family Guy on Sunday, and I keep forgetting that there are new episodes, and then people keep <laughs> sending me emails saying, did you play this guy? Was that you who did this? So we'll answer all your questions mm. about that in just a minute. But first, before we get to anything else, I am your old podcast pal, Ralph Garman. Sitting here in the Batcave with me is the vice host himself. Please welcome... Mr. Eddie Pence. Hey, everybody. Yo, ho, Eddie. And he's not with us today, but a very special shout out to our pal Steve Ashton. It's Steve's birthday today. Is it? Happy birthday, Steve. Today is Steve Ashton's birthday. He keeps that a very closely guarded secret. I'm not quite sure why. I think maybe it might embarrass him when people wish him a happy birthday, but we found out during the uh, virtual cocktail party over the weekend, that today is, in fact, Steve's birthday, April 28th. So if he, if he is uncomfortable with the attention, please do me a personal favor and just bombard him <laughs> with mentions on Twitter and send him emails and go on Facebook and just uh, wish the man a happy birthday. Make Let it, him know he's loved. Make it as loud as possible. That's right. He's at Steve Ashton. On Twitter and on Facebook, on Instagram, I think it's Steve Ashton 1509. 1509, that's it. So you can hunt yeah. him down there, or you can just fill his in his inbox <laughs> with Steve at theralphreport.com. Send him love, send him emails, send him birthday wishes, just piles and piles and piles of birthday wishes <laughs> to our very own UK correspondent, Mr. Steve Ashton who will be joining us on tomorrow's show with a brand new UK update. So uh, we'll get a, We'll get a, uh, some feedback to see how much you listened to me and whether you did a good job or not by snowing him under with good wishes. Uh, also, before we get on to today's show, it is time for us to once again award the Ralph Report Citizen of the Week. Yes, this Citizen of the Week, sadly, I don't know her name. She is unknown. She exists only in the virtual world of the internet. Hmm. She is on social media, but the posting sadly uh, redacted her name. So oh, we don't no. we don't have an identity okay. for this woman. But she is so spectacular that we must give her praise anyway. What's Speaking of praise, by the way. Oh yeah. Thanks. Uh, all hail she's moved. All hail she's moved. Right to give him thanks and praise. I'm gonna fall on the bad <laughs> yeah, side of she's almost missed it. I know. Uh, no, we're going to give this woman praise. She is the Ralph Report Citizen of the Week. Because of her take on Lando Lake's butter. Have you seen this story? No. Yeah. 
the good folks at Lando Lakes Butter. If you're familiar with the American brand of butter, Lando Lakes, it's been around forever. On their box, mm -hmm. they have an image of a Native American woman holding a box of their butter. Okay. Surrounded by lakes and trees. Okay. And it's been on that box, I'm guessing, since the 30s. Yeah. And much like other racist organizations like the Washington oh, Redskins, on. they have not yet uh, taken the right step and simply removed her from their advertising. But well, now they have. Oh, they have. They have removed okay. the Native American woman who's holding a box of their butter. And she is... It's very Native American. She's dressed in the Native American outfit with the feathers in her but hair. But it's, and the it's whole a representation. It's not a caricature of a Native American. It looks like a a representation. No, it's a realistic right. depiction of a Native American woman selling their butter, Eddie. That's, I think, the problem is that there's no connection between Native Americans. Are we going to knock Americans. the Quaker guy off the oats? Well, I think if the if the Quakers are offended by it, then why not? I understand. Look, I... The Washington Redskins, it's a racist name. They changed it. The, the, the logo itself, I don't feel is racist because it's an actual depiction of a Native American, much like the Lando Lakes thing. Yeah, but what, what, I don't think, I why don't is a Native American being used to sell Whitey's butter? Right? Yeah, I think is the point. Did Native Americans not have butter? Well, they did, but this isn't their company. <laughs> This Land was this was this was just uh, this was just a promotional tool used because there were some Native American tribes in the in Wisconsin or wherever this butter comes from, okay. and they just put her on the box. Right. And there were some Native Americans who said, "You know what? It's not right to use our our Native garb and our image to sell your butter. It okay. just it's not it's not a All good right. look." Okay. And so Land Lakes was getting some stick about it, and they said, "We're gonna, we're gonna rectify okay. it. We're, okay, we're gonna just take it off the box." Okay, you sound like you sound like today's citizen of the week. Uh, Maybe Eddie Pence is the citizen of the week. To me, it's not a caricature of. They're not making fun of the Native American. It's not like Chief Wahoo on the Indians, where it's an obvious cartoon of a red-faced Indian. Right, but they're still appropriating the image of a Native American in I order can't. to sell a product that has no relation to Native Americans or their businesses. All right. I okay. mean, can't you see how if you were a Native Look, American, you might say, this has nothing to do with us. Why are you using us to sell your butter? Okay. I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know what I can say in this situation that wouldn't come off as racist because I, I, I'm not racist, well, but that, I, that, that, I don't that see how that image, seen, I don't see how that image is offensive, but I guess if, but it's not, if that group it's not of people your is job offended to be by offended. it, you're maybe, no, it's not, maybe you're not the guy who we should worry about whether you no, think it's offensive no, or not. I, you maybe can't, Native Americans are the No, that's what I'm saying. You can't, I can't be offended. I'm not offendable. No one can offend. I'm. Okay. It's obvious I can't be offended. And perhaps you're not the guy to weigh but in on this. I'm just saying, okay, like debate. if that group of people is offended, then I get it. Okay, take it off if I got Well, it. I mentioned that, that they were they were complaining, saying, okay. Why is why are you okay. using a depiction of a Native American woman to sell your butter? And Lando Lakes responded by saying, All right, we're just gonna we're just gonna take her off the logo and now it's just gonna be a box with some lakes right. and trees on it. It's very pretty. Here's the my here's my bottom line. Yeah. It's still fucking butter. Yeah. So when you buy the butter, yeah. you're not getting less butter. No, you're I, not getting worse no, butter. You're, you're not. just getting a box of butter. I get, I get it. I get it. I know. I don't think you get it. I do get it. It's still the same product. I'm not saying it's a lesser product. Well, you're not, but our citizen of the week is. <laughs> Here is her tweet, which I thought was spectacular. Okay. So I wanted to give her a shout out. Lando Lakes can kiss this butter buyer's ass, oh, she starts off with. Jesus Christ. My family has been a Lando Lakes family since I can remember. No more. 
I'm fine with the store brand from here on out. Your virtue signaling lost you some good customers who were always willing to pay more for your product. Hashtag bye-bye, LOL. <laughs> she said she's to the really pissed about She's really pissed. <laughs> who the fuck buys butter for the, the Native American on the cup? My concern is, <laughs> why is she so pissed? I don't know. Why would anyone be this angry and then no, no longer buy a product which they obviously Unless like? Unless she's Native American and really liked the picture of the Native American on there. I don't get the sense that's where she's coming from. I don't think that's e from. me either. I loved seeing someone who looked like my grandmother on a box of butter when I went into the store. She seems to be complaining that she doesn't like anything that's politically correct, in quotes, and right. stop stop kowtowing to the Native Americans and, and, and responding to the fact that they're offended by your packaging. We're white, so we should be able to do what we want, I guess, is her take. That's what it seems like. That's what it seems like. And I thought... She's so angry yeah, that someone's that? willing to do something nice for a minority group yeah. that's being troubled by something. That makes her so incensed that she's no longer going to buy the brand of butter that she likes. I think Lando Lakes will be fine. Who loses out there in that situation? <laughs> I guess she does. Now that she's, she's buying Acme butter instead of the Lando Lakes, which her family has... Was, was swore by for generations. Well, I know our family always identified by the butter we bought. <laughs> of course. Like, that's how. She's a Lando Lakes family, and they've been a proud <laughs> Lando Lakes family for generations. And now she has to give up her own heritage because yeah. Lando Lakes was kind to, to respond to the Native Americans complaining We're about country their, croc their, family. their packaging. Always have been. I know. It's just this lady. I, people, people have gone crazy, man. The whole world's nuts. It's one thing to put on social media. I don't. Uh, I don't. It doesn't matter to me one way or the other. But I can't understand how you why you did it. Maybe that's a take. But to refuse to buy the butter anymore because it was improved for people that isn't that isn't part of your culture. Right. I get. I know. I, like, I What's wrong with people? I don't know. With her Lando Lakes fury. Who gets that upset about butter on any level? On any level. I, the price of butter is what you get upset about. Well, she doesn't worry about that anymore because no. she's buying the she's cheaper, buying the cheaper store She's actually going to come out ahead now. in the end. Yeah. So uh, mystery amazing. woman out there on Twitter who's furious about the, uh, the Lando Lakes packaging changing. Uh, you are. Please know, wherever you are, if you're within the sound <laughs> of my voice, you are our citizen of the week because you're spectacular. Um, quick programming note. We mentioned this for the first time it, it was on television, but in case you missed my episode of Collector's Call, where Blair from Facts of Life came to my house and I told, I walked her through my Batman collection. The second hottest one. The hottest of all the, the girls on Facts of Life. One. Just above Mindy. Oh, my God. Mindy. <laughs> uh, they're going to re-air my episode this coming Sunday on May 3rd. Again, that's on MeTV. You may have to do a little work to hunt down where MeTV falls on your cable system. I know in DirecTV, I think it's in the 200s or something. Mm. But uh, if you're at all interested in my Batman collection, I wanted to let you know they're going to re-air my episode this Sunday on MeTV. So that's a little programming note. And uh, speaking of me on television, on Sunday, apparently, I showed up on Family Guy. Play. Ralph Garman voiced a tune today. What line did he say? It's time to play your favorite game. Cause who'd Ralph Garman play on Family Guy? Yeah. Uh, if you saw the episode on Sunday, you know Peter Griffin discovered the magic 
That is the album 1984 by Van Halen. Yeah. Yeah. His wife, Pete, his wife Lois, rather, was demanding that Peter read a book, a book for once in his life. He hasn't, he's never read a book. So she recommended 1984 by George Orwell. Right. And he went to the library and asked for 1984. And they said, we have it on CD. And he listened to it and he's like, books are great. <laughs> and he, he fell in love with the works of Van Halen. Most importantly, their song Panama. And who doesn't love Panama? Oh, Panama's great. The only problem is when he listens to Panama in the car in his station wagon, he starts driving a little recklessly like we all did back in the day when that album came out. It's, that's just pedal to the metal right. music right there. So he was uh, speeding along the roads of Quahog, Rhode Island there, and uh, that's when this took place. And yes, for those of you who asked, I was, in fact, Officer Stickbutt. Oh, units, this is dispatch. We've got a red station wagon blasting Panama and being awesome and partying and being rad. Not in my town, dispatch. This is Officer Stickbutt in pursuit. <laughs> Stickbutt, break off pursuit. Panama kicks too much ass and shreds way too hard. You'll never catch him. Negative, dispatch. Just need to wait for that running a little bit hot tonight part. Yeah, we're running a little bit hot tonight. Bingo. <laughs> Got him now. Peter takes his foot off the gas at that point, and I, I'm able to hunt him down. But he beats me because he goes towards an unjumpable gorge full speed. <laughs> And I'll say, I say, my God, he's going to die. There's no way you can jump that. And I was like, unless he times it perfectly with that harmony part where they go, ain't no stopping now. And he flies through the air during that and lands safely on the other oh, side. I got to watch that episode. It's pretty great. So, yes, uh, for those of you who asked, I was indeed Officer Stick, but, but a lot of people didn't catch that I showed up later in the episode as well. Peter, because he's, he's driving too fast to Panama, mm -hmm. ends up in a car crash, oh. ends up in a coma. Yeah. And so Dr. Hartman, the usual doctor there on Family Guy, is trying to break the news to the family. But any time when they have a specifically uh, difficult or touchy moment at the hospital, they call in a, a doctor that I have played before named Dr. Gravitas, <laughs> who is much more serious than Dr. Hartman is. So uh, Dr. Gravitas also showed up on Sunday night. My husband is in a coma? I'm afraid so. I mean, he's not responding to my advances, so it's either a coma or he's a frigid bitch. We'll leave you with him now, but it's very important that you speak to Peter. He can hear you. Talk about the good times, what he means to you. Talk and keep talking. So there is Dr. Mm. Gravitas as well. So <laughs> thanks to everyone who reached out wondering who I played. And now you know, who did I play? Did he play? Ralph Garman voiced a tune today. What line did he say? It's time to play your favorite game. Cause who'd Ralph Garman play on Family Guy? Yeah. All right, now it's time to turn to you, our beloved Garmy members. We love it when you reach out to us, just like you're going to reach out to Steve Ashton for his birthday, right? right? Steve at the RalphReport.com, at Steve Ashton on Facebook and Twitter, and at Steve Ashton 1509 on uh, Instagram. He's got to fix that. All right. Uh, we love it when you reach out and leave your voicemail messages on the Ralph Report hotlines. So easy to do. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's available for you. You just got to dial up the magic phone number, one eight three three. Hi, Ralph. <laughs> and if you are uh, overseas, by the way, if you're not part of the contiguous United States or Canada, that phone number probably won't work for you. So you have to go to Skype and then use their keypad and dial in 
1833 Hi Ralph. And you can leave a message too, just like these kind folks did. I listen to them all. I grab a handful and then we put them here at the top of the show in a segment called Garmy on the Line. The telephone is ringing. The Garmy's on the line. Ralph's gonna play your calls now and see what's on your mind. Speaking of getting in touch, by the way. Yeah. Not making any promises. What? Hold your breath. Okay. <gasps> but I, I got in touch with Sonny Ledford. Oh, you no. Yeah. We touched base. The actual Sonny Ledford. The actual Sonny Ledford. We touched base. Really? I brought up the idea of a an interview and he seems to be inclined. Oh. So uh, there's no details. We, we haven't set a, a time or place up yet, but hopefully a little conversation with Sonny Ledford is in our Did you future. tell him you're like one degree from Myrtle Beach? Uh, I didn't. No, I'm going to bring that up like right across the table. I'm going to bring that up when we talk. But I mentioned to him <laughs> that we're, uh, you know, we're playing his music on the show and people are digging it and an interview might be appropriate. And he said, yeah, I'd be into that. Ooh. So we'll see what happens. I'm excited. I'm excited to get to talk to my hero, Sonny Ledford. <laughs> and I get to talk to you now. Charles called in yesterday on yesterday's show. It's been a while. We hadn't played the Garmy game show for a while. No. We were able to play yesterday and Eddie Pence pulled it out. I did. In the ninth inning. With 30 seconds left on the goal line. Fourth down. Fourth down. All those sports cliches. He was able to win some money. Uh, some money. Cash not included. Some prizes for Jamie there in Florida. A lot of people were very impressed by Eddie's performance. Were they? Mm, yeah, some people were. <laughs> Charles had a great idea, though, because, you know, we do have the rules of the game. Yeah. Five answers correct or more is a winner. Mm -hmm. No correct yeah. answers is also a winner. Right. Hey, Ralph. This is Charles, four-star general from Indiana. I was uh, listening to the Ralph Report game show, and since there is the Eddie washout rule, maybe you should add in the Eddie super bonus rule. Mm. So if he gets 10 for 10, maybe Eddie throws in an autographed headshot, too. Yeah. You know, it might make the Ralph Report uh, prize a little bit more cool and more enticing for Eddie to actually get all of them right. Mm-hmm. Not sure if it'll ever happen. Oh, no, no, no. No chance. Yeah, might as well try. Yes. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Charles, I love that idea. As the commissioner, I am immediately adopting the <laughs> Eddie Pence super bonus rule, which is if any ever wipes, just runs the table and mm. gets all the correct answers, he's got to throw in a little Eddie Pence merchandise, too. I don't know if I will. What do you mean you be don't able know if to you do will? I oh, will no. do it. Oh, no, you won't be able to do it. But if you ever do it, if we ever get, if the stars align and that happens, I think you've got to cough up some merch, I'll, too, I'll and throw, throw it in the box. A, a autograph picture. I, How about a CD? Don't you have any those comedy CD, CDs? Yeah. I got to load around? a bunch of those. I figured you must, have, dust you must have a box of those someplace. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, you'll get a Ooh. you'll get an Eddie Pence comedy album yes, as well as the Ralph Report merch selection. I made the mistake of buying 1,500 when I ordered them, and I still have 1,100. Well, now we got a place we can move them. <laughs> Just got to get 10, 10 questions right. That's all. Uh, speaking of yesterday's game, some people were disappointed with Eddie hmm? with one particular question. When yeah. we were talking about uh, it keeps going. Oh, yeah. Going. I hated myself. Going. I hated myself. And going yeah. and going and going. Ever ready. Ever ready? Eddie, are you? Ever ready? Ever ready? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> My cat just came. Yeah. 
uh, my cat just came. Yeah, it was the Energizer, I, Energizer Bunny. Not I had the, not as the soon as I said it, I was you, I wanted it back. Mm. I knew what it was. I knew it was Energizer. Here's an idea: say it in your head first, and then see if you want I'm it back, th- I, I, and then speak out loud. I can't explain once you've gone through that process. How horrible of a trivia person I am. I'm awful at Again, it. Again, it's not trivia if it's, it's something that everyone knows. It's trivial knowledge. If it's generally it's accepted trivial knowledge. as general knowledge, it's not trivial. It's not general knowledge. It's trivial knowledge. The, the Energizer Bunny mm. isn't a cultural touchstone for everyone who lives in America. Ever-ready Energizer. It's not like I said Duracell. That's if true. If I said Duracell. Then, then. Come on. That would then have been a riot. Right. Then it would have been an uprising. It's a fireable offense. Uh, we also talked about, uh, ding dongs and, uh, ring dings. Ah, yes. Yesterday. Yes. And Lisa noticed that we're talking about snack cakes a lot lately. Are we? Hi, Ralph. This is Lisa from SoCal. Um, just calling because I'm getting very confused by all of the chocolate and vanilla snack cakes that keep getting mentioned on the show. Yeah. Moon pies, yep. whoopie pies, right. devil dogs. Mm-hmm. I feel like I need a comparison chart here. Yeah. So if you can help me out, I would appreciate it. All right. LMB. Lisa, it's not that hard. Let me break it down for you. Of the, of the snacks we've covered, yeah. the moon pie, a.k.a. the scooter pie, is... Um, is marshmallow cream between two graham crackers, then surrounded by an envelope of delicious chocolate. Yes, that's the moon pie. the The whoopie pie is two slices of uh, of, of chocolate cake with marshmallow cream in between the yes. two of them. That's that. Much different. Then you got your devil dogs, which are long strips of chocolate devil's food cake with vanilla cream in between the right. two of them. Right. Then a ho ho is similar to that. It's kind of like a Swiss roll. It's thinner chocolate cake wrapped in a spiral with vanilla cream in it, then covered with chocolate on the outside, a.k.a. a yodel. Yodels and ho-hos were similar, but made by Hostess and Drake's, which also led us down the path of ding-dongs and ring-dings. Right. Originally, believe it or not, uh, ding-dongs didn't want to be confused with ring-dings, which came first. (laughs) So they named them <laughs> King Dongs. <laughs> the original name for the Ding Dong was the, the King, King Dong, Dong, which I think gave people the, very much uh, yeah. the wrong uh, idea. But those are round chocolate cakes filled with vanilla cream and then also wrapped in an envelope of hard chocolate. Mm. Now, someone suggested we need to do a Munch and Monday taste test between the Ring Dings and the Ding Dongs oh, okay. to see which of those two will be the champion. I would be up for that. And I think that's uh, After that's, this fucking that's black fair. egg debacle that's First things first, Blah. though, we got to eat ourselves a uh, 100-year-old egg mm. with some uh, rice... Uh, porridge and some other stuff that's chopped up in there. We're gonna, we're gonna. All eat that's that. just to mask the awful flavor no, of the rotten egg. Nope, it is to enhance, enhance the rotten egg flavor, and to add to, like many no. dishes, it has complementary ingredients, and that's why we're going to be eating it that way. And I'm, I've been in touch with Alex. We're trying to work it out. Hopefully, this coming Monday will be. Uh, We'll be doing that as well. And lastly, Adrian called in with a very interesting, where did it come from? Hi, Ralph. Adrian, two-star general in San Antonio. I was just giving something a thumbs up like, and I was just wondering, why do we uh, stick our thumb up to approve of stuff? Kind of curious. Like, Mike, maybe you can help out. Thanks. 
Thumbs up. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Thumbs up. Why does thumbs up mean everything's okay? Where did that come hmm. from? Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? I fucking will know. Thumbs up, Eddie Pence. Any guesses as to where thumbs up comes no from? No idea. Well, Use it all the time. Everybody does. Yeah. It's obsequious. It's everywhere. Yeah. We all give thumbs up for something that we like, thumbs down for something we don't right. like. Now, many people believe it goes back to ancient Rome with the gladiator conquest, oh, yeah. where the emperor would be sitting in his royal booth there, and he would be able to decide whether a gladiator lived or died. Joaquin famously did it. Yes, everyone knows it from the movie yeah. Gladiator. Yeah. Here's the thing. They did, in fact, use that thumb to designate whether a gladiator died or was a, was spared, but the truth is they got it wrong. Huh. In ancient Rome, when, a gladi when, a, when an emperor put his thumb up, that meant kill the the combatant. That okay. was death. Thumb up meant die. <laughs> All right. The thumb down with the thumb on top of a closed fist with the other hand meant spare his life. So although they did use a thumb, we, we've all gotten it wrong for all these years right. because well, we didn't know what we were talking about. And they got it wrong in Gladiator and everyone takes it from that. Well, you think they just simply did that to convey it simply thumbs up, thumbs down? Instead well, of trying to go into the whole explanation of a thumbs down on a closed fist. No, like actually, it goes back further than that. Because here's the thing. We didn't have any photos of anyone doing it in Rome back when they right. did it, right? It was only written descriptions. So there was a popular and influential painter in 1872 named Jean-Léon Jérôme. You know, Jérôme. Oh, work. yeah, of course. Yes. And he made a famous painting called Police Verso, which took place in ancient Rome, and it's the, it's the gladiators there in the Colosseum, and there is a fallen gladiator, and another gladiator has his foot pressed on his throat about to kill him, and everyone in the crowd has their arm out with the thumb pointed down to the ground. So it was way before the gladiator. Everyone thought that symbol meant kill, kill him because right. the painter got it wrong, and Russell Crowe, was in Gladiator, of course. Um, the, um, who, Ridley Scott was the director yes. of that film. He used that painting as a reference for his work. Oh, okay. And so that's why he adopted the wrong way, too. Oh. Now, in terms of the modern usage of it, it's tracked back to the First World War because it turns out that British aviators would give that sign when they were about to take off in airplanes in the First World War. The thumb up was a British sign saying, everything's okay, all systems are go, ready to take off. Americans fighting alongside them started to adopt that. Oh. They brought it back to the States and then started using it world, since World War II, and that's when it took on uh, uh, massive popularity. Everything Steve Ash can take credit for. Exactly. Great. Lush. We have the lush thumb <laughs> up. It means thumbs up. So the Brits really gave us the uh, the modern usage of yeah. everything's okay with a thumb up. Gotcha. So now you know. So if anyone tells you, well, they did it in ancient Rome, you say, yeah, but they had it backwards. Mm. Thanks a lot, Ridley Scott. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Dick. And that's where it came from. Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? I fucking will know. Thanks to everybody who called in. You too can be featured on this segment, but you know what you gotta do. You gotta call me. Call me around. It's the number everyone's talking about. Call me right now at 1833. Hey there, it's Ralph Garman here. I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you are, 
Why not subscribe to The Ralph Report so you can hear it every day, Monday through Friday? For just 15 cents a day, you can be a one-star general supporter, and that will get you the show in your ear holes Monday through Friday. Of course, there are two, three, and four-star general levels as well, which gets you more bonus content and more access to me. So if you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? Go to patreon.com slash the Ralph Report. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash the Ralph Report. Subscribe today so you don't miss a thing. Now it's time to take a look in the rearview mirror and find out what happened on April 28th, this day in history. Ralph's about to solve another mystery. Like it's today the day some dude invented Listerine. Or maybe a tyrant king married his sister queen. Who knows, every day seems to be an anniversary. The Garmy's rubbing Ralph's lamp, so grant our wishes, please. And tell us what went down this day in history. Well, one thing we know for sure on this day, April 28th, 23 years ago, Steve Ashton was born. Yes. Happy birthday, Steve. Happy birthday, Steve Ashton. Happy 23rd <laughs> birthday. It's a little rough for a 23-year-old, but... Well, drinks a lot. He's hard on himself. <laughs> on this day in 1253, 1253, mm. a Japanese Buddhist monk uttered these words for the first time, Nam Yoho Renge Kyo. Oh. Nam Yoho Renge Kyo. What does that mean? Nam Yoho Renge Kyo. What does that mean? You're not familiar with that phrase? Sounds familiar. That is a the Buddhist chant they use when they're meditating. Uh, For the first time, Nichiren. Like Kalima. Yes, exactly. Kalima. That would be the uh that would be the uh For the, the Indian version, the thuggy version, yes. <laughs> uh Japanese Buddhist monk declared that for the first time, and that became the essence of Buddhism. And in effect, he founded uh, Nichiren Buddhism, and they still say that to this day okay. when they're meditating. So that, that'd be nice to come up with a saying that lasts. Just seems like nonsense. He forever. was just spouting out, right? I'm sure it means something, something in uh, Japanese. Maybe I don't speak Japanese Me either. But uh, Nam Yoho Renge Kyo must mean something. Mm. And now we got to find out what <laughs> it just, is. I know because Eddie's racist. Pe- people want to know oh, that's nonsense. That's not English. That language can't matter. It's not racist. So now we got to put the show on hold and find out what Nam Yoho Renge Kyo means. Please hold. We know your time is valuable. Thank you for holding. Someone will be with you as soon as possible. And we're back. And it means glory to the Dharma of the Lotus Sutra. Ah, okay feel better now I, I do now it doesn't seem like just gibberish now it means something i don't know what but something man it's hard working with a racist it's not, not it's not easy racist that's all i gotta say oh. here here's something happened in america this well, make yeah you feel better my people 1788 down there in maryland they became the seventh station to ratify the u.s constitution oh, so good, good work good, maryland good maryland in 1789 on this day fletcher christian led a mutiny Against his captain, William Bly, in the South Pacific. Eddie Pence, for bonus points, the name of the ship they were on? The Mutiny? The what? <laughs> you don't even listen to me anymore, do no, you? No, I don't. I don't on I don't. this day in 1789, right. Fletcher Christian led a mutiny right. against his captain, Captain Bly, in the right. South Pacific. On what boat? Oh, what boat did they uh, serve? God damn it. Bonus points. I'll, Come on. Mm, this is like ever ready. Mutiny on the... Bounty. Thank you yes, so much. I know. Fuck. The quicker picker upper. If I'd said that, you would have got it. You said Beastie Boys song. All right. Totally would have gotten it. 
1847, George B. Vachon became the first African-American to enter the New York State Bar, the first uh, African-American attorney in New York mm. State. 1881, Billy the Kid escaped from Lincoln County Jail in Mesilla, New Mexico on this day. I guess it's Mesilla. I guess that's how they pronounce it down there. Masilla, New Mexico. Billy the Kid. Do you have any uh, family members who used to run with Billy the Not Kid? Not with Billy, no. no just just Not uh, William H. Bonney. Uh, and, ooh, William H. Bonney, nice. Big Young Guns fan. Good call, <laughs> of course. You had to know it from a bad 80s movie. It's the only uh, way you got your me. education. Great 80s movie. 1919, Les Irvin on this day made the first jump with a ripcord parachute. For the U.S. Army Air Corps. First guy to jump out of a plane with a ripcord parachute. Bigger balls than you got. Can you imagine? No. Being the first guy to test to see when you pull that ripcord, if that's going to release no. that parachute or The not. only way I would test it is if I was thrown out of the plane involuntarily. <laughs> that and I had no other choice. That is insane to that's me. That's crazy. That they had never really tested it at any great height before he took the <sighs> leap. That's cr- mm. good for you, Les Irvin. We salute you. Do we? Yes. 1937, the first commercial airline flight across the Pacific was operated by Pan Am Airways. 1937, the first animated electric ad was displayed in New York City in 1937. Hmm. It was there at uh, Times Square area. Coca-Cola ad? No. No. See if you can imagine. It's it's been featured in a ton of old timey movies. Times Square. Times Square. It's an electronic animated ad. That means it something happens to it. It's not just an ad that's lit up close the camel smoker oh camel smoker he would blow smoke right. rings right right five right, foot right right wide smoke rings out of his mouth to add to more pollution on a regular but they were steam i know it was steam <laughs> every four seconds he would blow out some smoke rings and uh, they would change the image during the war between uh, sailors and airmen hmm. and it was on the claridge hotel there in new york city till 1966 when they tore the building down oh so there you go speaking of war times in 1940 glenn miller and his orchestra Recorded one of their biggest smash hits, Pennsylvania 6 5000. Pennsylvania 6 5000. Like the movie Transylvania 6 5000. Oh my God. With Ed Begley Jr. And uh, Ro- Jeff Goldblum. And Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Yes. Boy, was that a dog. Love that movie. How can you love it? <laughs> I love that movie. It's like. <laughs> I love that it's movie. It's a brain damaged young Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> In 1942. A Gallup poll was taken in the United States as to what to call the war we were fighting in. Hmm. And that's why we call it World War Two. Because that won in a poll. Can you believe it? It did. Wow. They had time to take some <laughs> take some market research of what to call the war they were in. I wonder what the other options had. Here's some of the other choices. Oh, okay. uh, fuck Germany. Fuck, I like that one. one. That's what that, I would have voted. They didn't get that vote on that. And hey, more death. That was another <laughs> one that did not get a lot of <laughs> right. votes. So I see how two won. They went with WW2. 1947, Thor Heyerdahl and his crew on the Contiki sailed from Peru to Polynesia. Okay. They were on a raft. That's dangerous. That was ballsy. He wanted to prove that people from South America could have settled in Polynesia in pre-Columbian times. And the only way for him to do that was to build a raft using only materials and technologies available to those people at that time. And see if it could actually be done. And he did it. It was a big deal. They wrote a book. They made a documentary about him. That seems insane. Education, information. (laughs) The the big Asians. 
insanity. 1956, the last French troops left Vietnam. France famously said only an idiot would try to fight the Vietnamese in their home country. And America said, hold my beer. <laughs> and after the French left, America went right in and fought that war for another 20 years. Yep. Good work. 1989, Argentina, the country, hit by rocketing inflation, literally ran out of money. Hmm. They had no more money. Well, they can't print it up like we do? Uh, just turn on the presses? Uh, apparently, they, print the they, money? they could not. Mm. In 1996, Australia's worst massacre in modern history, Martin Bryant shot and killed 35 in Port Arthur, Tasmania. This led to a compulsory gun buyback program by the government and major changes to gun control laws in Australia. Yeah. And they've had a lot of success with that ever since. It Imagine worked, that. Re there. Responding to a uh, a massacre by actually doing something yeah. about it. Well, thoughts and prayers. That's very strange. All right. Uh, you know, at this point in the show, I'd like to talk about a food that is related to this day in history. We run it past Eddie Pence to see if it's something that he would like to eat or perhaps stick up his ass or pull out of his ass. There's only one way to find out. We talk about the food. Then we pull the handle of the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine. If three of the items come up on the reels, jackpot. <laughs> means Eddie Pence is eating it, much rejoicing. However, if they are mismatched, sadness, tears, mm. lamenting, tearing of clothing, gnashing of teeth. <laughs> Here we go. On this day in 1872, for the very first time, documented in the Appledore cookbook, oh. we got a recipe for mm. blueberry pie. Blueberry pie, interestingly enough, is a dessert that is actually native to America. We don't have a lot of those, hmm. but blueberry pie was first eaten by early American settlers because they were able to find the wild or low bush or the cultivated slash high bush blueberries, and they would add some sugar and some vanilla, and it's the easiest pie to make because you don't really need to do anything with the fruit. You just um, wash it and stem it, and you put it in a pie crust. You don't even have to put a crust on top if you don't want to. You can put some crumbles or whatever. And then you add some, you know, ingredients, flour, tapioca, cinnamon, nutmeg, sugar, vanilla, butter, whatever you want to put in there. And then you, you, you bake it up. So this was enjoyed by the early settlers in America. But for the first time ever on this day, it was actually listed in a cookbook officially. However, is that enough for Eddie Pent to dive into a big, delicious slice of blueberry pie? Only one way for us to find out. Let's pull that handle. One blueberry pie, two blueberry pie. I'm not a fan of blueberries. You are, you're a goddamn traitor to your country is <laughs> what you are. I don't like blueberries. Blueberry pie. I, I like blueberries in a smoothie. If you freeze them and then put them in a smoothie and blend it up I, I, with a banana, I don't mind a blueberry <laughs> that way, but I don't like regular blueberries. Like if it's just blueberries by themselves, no, I don't like blueberries. What? I don't, especially in a pie. No, it's like apple pie. I don't like that either. Most fruit, any all fruit pies. I'm out. Pumpkin? Is pumpkin is a gourd fruit? Yeah. Yeah, I guess that would be an exception to the rule. Then pumpkin. Pumpkin. I would eat pumpkin pie. That's the only How pie. can you turn down I don't like blueberry, blueberry pie. pie? I don't like blueberry pie. It's so delicious. No, I don't like strawberry pie. I don't like blueberry pie. I don't like apple pie. What other kind of fruit pie? Cherry pie? Che oh no, definitely not cherry pie. No. Le lemon pie? Lemon meringue pie. I would eat a lemon meringue pie. What is the problem with the blueberry? I just don't like them. I don't, I don't, they feel like, they feel like. Uh, I knew it couldn't have been a taste. I knew it had to be a feel thing or it looks like a thing or it sounds like a thing. It's or, like a, it, it feels like a soft grape. 
you know, when you go to bite, because it doesn't have the hard texture of the grape skin. And like, for some reason, my brain. Well, the raw ones do, but when you cook them in a pie, they get soft. Even, but they, they still get... don't have the same, like, the, the, the crisp of the of a, of a good grape. Mm-hmm. Like, I put the grape in, my my brain is thinking it's a grape, and then it's a blueberry, and you mash it, and it's just too soft. What is your brain telling you when you're eating blueberries? I don't eat blueberries. But if you if were, I did, I was like, oh, this. If you, if oh, you were to bite into a blueberry, what would your brain tell be like, you? Oh, it this like... is. I thought this was a grape. You've made a horrible mistake. <laughs> Spit it out. <laughs> That's what it would be. Your brain wouldn't be aware of what you were putting into your mouth until the moment you bit it's down. Like, oh, this is a grape. Dear God. Um, yeah. Well, we know your son likes. Blueberries. He loves blueberries. Yeah. Everything about blueberries. Yeah. You would if he ate a blueberry pie. <laughs> Just, be like the American Pie movie. Oh my boy. god! The blueberry it, Pie. It'd just be like a fire hose, <laughs> just going off. Oh, I'm so disappointed. Now I want a slice of blueberry pie. Mm. And that was this day in history. I pity the fool who ain't been schooled by Ralph recently. He's dropping college level knowledge with such accuracy. It got my head spinning faster than a drunk Eddie. And I'm rocking the back and track with a rap like a bad celebrity. I hope Cooperman loves my beats because that rhymes with LMB. And that's a wrap for the Ralph Report today in history. Your brain would say, I thought you were eating a grape. You've made a horrible mistake. Hey, I'm basically Homer Simpson. <laughs> Let's take a look at today's celebrity birthdays. <laughs> what? What am I doing? I'm jumping ahead. I'm sorry. I'm a little giddy. I'll have an effect on you. Uh, today's entertainment <laughs> news in a segment called The Showbiz Beat. Well, it's about time. Texas is opening up their movie theaters this Friday. Thank God. Thank God. Because how could any of us go a minute longer Without going to see Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> right? To own the libs. <laughs> yeah, Texas uh, Governor Greg Abbott has announced that movie theaters were allowed to be uh, reopened on Friday along with restaurants, retail stores, and museums. I hope so. they do it safely. I hope the people there take precautions to do it as safe as possible. So, uh, what? Does that mean gloves and masks? Yeah, just, I, I guess. Suppose. And then just... By the way, the government itself said that everything will be allowed to reopen, but only at 25% capacity, which seems to me if you're going to reopen a business and you're going to rehire people to staff it and you're going to operate it with the overhead cost of operating a business. Operating a loss, right? You're you're diminishing the possible income to 25%. Those people are going to be significantly hurt by it. Right. They're better off with the unemployment from being furloughed. Yeah, I and don't, I don't it, it was like we were doing here with the movie theaters before they shut them down. They were doing forty percent capacity for the movie theaters. Yeah, but they're going to do it twenty five percent capacity. That's what they've said to, to all those businesses, to restaurants, to retail stores. To, everything can be reopened, but only with twenty five percent. You have like of people twenty people in a movie theater. I don't, I don't understand any of it. That I doesn't just make don't. any sense. I know. All right, from too early to couldn't be early enough. Eddie Pence, grab your penis and some lube. <laughs> what? Disney Plus has announced. <laughs> Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, heading to Disney Plus two months early. It was supposed to be released in two months, but now it will be debuting online on May 4th, of course, (gasps) because May 4th is Star Wars Day, because May 4th be with you. And so it'll be there uh, along with Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian, that new docuseries about the making of The Mandalorian, and the final episode of Star Wars, The Clone Wars. Oh, that, on that, that series service. is so good, the way it's ending right now. Yeah, so you get everything in one uh, fell swoop there on May 4th. If you have Disney+, Plus, you can just spank yourself into a coma oh, like I will. Eddie Pence is going to do. All right, this is my favorite story of the day because mm-hmm. finally, someone proving me right instead of proving me wrong. 
yesterday, <laughs> yesterday, yeah, we talked about the announcement of Kristen Cavallari and Jay Cutler announcing their divorce. Yes. And they released one of those press releases mm -hmm. that said, we're, we love each other and nothing was wrong. We just grew apart and we're still the best of friends and we're going to be raising our family right. together and that's what's important. And usually I call bullshit yeah. on those. I call bullshit because it's simply, it's a PR bullshit right. statement. But your life but is because going... I am going through, <laughs> actually going through one of those divorces, I can't call bullshit anymore because everyone says, well, that's what you're saying about your divorce. And my point is, yes, because that's what's actually happening in my divorce. <laughs> but that's not what's actually happening in these people's divorces. Who called bullshit on them? Well, Kristen filed the documents, and right. they finally got a hold of them. And here's what it says in her documents. And she says that Jay Cutler is, and I quote, guilty of inappropriate marital conduct as mm. renders further cohabitation unsafe and improper. It doesn't sound like a simple parting of the ways. No. No. Here's what else her document says. Uh, Jay has been saying that about her now in his documents, really? too. And Same so thing. She, yes. But she responds with any misconduct alleged or implied against Kristen in complaint for divorce was in response to and or a result of misconduct on behalf of her husband. <laughs> so it's a he should sit and she fucked it up. No, he fucked it up. Kristen is asking for primary physical custody and wants Jay simply to have visitation. He wants joint custody of their three kids, which she is denying them. She says that her husband has always been an absentee father and never available as a primary caregiver to the party's minor children, where Jay says he's always been the available at-home parent and the primary caretaker of the minor children. So trust me, this is not an, am an amiable or amicable... Amicable split? Splitting They've not just of grown the apart. Ways. They're not growing apart. These people are fighting each other. And there's some serious shit gone down So they here. filed all that and then put out the release that yes. where they're just growing apart. Nothing happened. We just love each other growing apart. Mm. Wow. Don't and, they know that's going to get out? And this is why I call bullshit on these people. <laughs> God damn Just follow it. your instincts from now on. Right. I'm just going to do it. And then someone says, but, but, but. I'm going to say, you, you, you. <laughs> shush, shush. That's what I'm going to say. It's not very effective, but it makes me feel better. Here's the thing everyone is go is doing online now because um, we're all trapped indoors and people are putting all these uh, interesting things up online mm -hmm. with the Zoom meetings and stuff like that. They're getting a bunch of reunions, right? We yeah. talked about uh, Parks and Rec cast. Yeah, they're doing a scripted show, basically. Doing a scripted yeah. show. Recently, I was talking about how much I enjoyed the That Thing You Do with yeah. the cast of that film, reuniting and talking about it. Well, genius Josh Gad has started a series called Reunite Apart, where he brings in casts of uh, pop culture phenomenons with uh, the goal of raising money for charity with each episode. And so his first episode was The Goonies. He got The Goonies back together. That's pretty again. good, because no one's been able to do that. That's pretty good. Yeah. Josh Brolin was on hand, Sean Astin, Corey Feldman, Jeff Cohen, uh, Kiyu Kwan, Martha Plimpton, Kerry Green. They were all back together again. And then they had special guests dropping by. Joey Pants, Joey Pantolanio showed yep. up. Robert Davi, of course, they were both the Fratelli brothers. Then Chris Columbus, the writer of the film, showed up. Richard Donner, the director, got on board. Cindy Lauper, who sang <laughs> the theme song, <laughs> Goonies Are Good Enough, showed up. And then a little guy named Steven Spielberg popped on as well. Oh, wow. That's impressive. Yeah. 
But see, everybody's doing it from their home, so you can do it easily. Yeah. No one's put out. There's no excuse not to do it. You don't it. have to gather everyone together into a soundstage yeah. and film something. It doesn't have to be a big spectacle. And yeah. And just log on. So they talked, obviously, all about the film. And uh, they asked Spielberg, what about a sequel? And he said, Chris, Dick, and I, and Lauren, uh, Schuller Donner, uh, Donner's one-time wife and co-producer on it, said, we have a lot of conversations about it. Every couple of years, someone comes up with an idea, but then it doesn't hold water. So apparently there have been many false starts to a Goonies sequel and he says he doesn't really think it's ever gonna i don't i mean i know jeff cohen fairly well he helped play what the what he's my lawyer <laughs> my entertainment lawyer what the what the yeah, what yeah he helped produce the tuck johnson series that i did like wow. we can we did that together um he's i've always been like why has there never been a goonies remake why don't you do it and he's like he's never he's never been interested in getting back in that side of the camera oh i see since he's got like a successful entertainment law practice and he's like he's gotcha. sold on that so he's the one holding it up he's fucking he might be up. fucking up the whole thing nice work jeff cohen <laughs> it might be other people but he's definitely one of the people figures fucking, it up. fucking lawyers <laughs> they ruin everything but he doesn't look like chunk anymore he's like 180 pounds really yeah well tell him to eat well, up 50 pounds he's small eat up and get that belly yeah. wobbling There's no again. truffle shuffle. We all need it. Um, have you seen it recently, by the way? Goonies? Goonies, not in the few. I was going to show it to Colton recently, but I haven't seen it probably in like 10 mm. years. Doesn't hold up? Mm. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay, but it doesn't nearly have the impact. Uh, I loved it as a kid. Yeah, me too. All right, let's take a look at today's celebrity birthdays. Like I promised you at the beginning of this segment, <laughs> today's April 28th. Here's who was born on that day. Actress, singer, Anne Margaret. Man, back in the 60s, you couldn't get any sexier than Anne Margaret. She was in Viva Las Vegas with Elvis. Oh, yeah. <gasps> yeah. Man. I, I, I discovered redheads, I think, when I watched that on the Late Late Show. And also Bye Bye Birdie, the musical. Yeah. Bye Bye Birdie. Tiger. Man. Yeah, did. Did you ever Fuck. see, uh, what the hell's the name of it? The Carnal Knowledge, Mike Nichols movie with Jack Nicholson and Art Garfunkel. No. Candace Bergen and Anne Margaret. Boy, she's sexy as hell in that. I haven't seen that. I see that. Uh, tonight's show host, formerly Jay Leno, is 70 years old today. Actress Mary McDonald is 68. She was so good on Battlestar Galactica as the president. Great on that show. Actress Bridget Moynihan who used to be Tom Brady's baby mama, right? That's right. The yeah. first one, yeah. The first yeah, yeah. one. 49 first one. years old today from Blue Bloods. Actress Elizabeth Rome. Oh, boy. From Law & Order's 47. <laughs> Here's a TV Tune Tuesday that for is. you right there. Jorge Garcia from Lost is 47. Penelope Cruz is 46. Actress Jessica Alba is 39 years old. And singer-bassist Kim Gordon of Sonic Youth celebrates her 67th birthday today. And that's it for today's Celebrity Birthdays. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. And because it's Tuesday, it's time for us now to take a look at one of our favorite TV theme songs of all time in a segment called TV Tunes Tuesday. Here we go. You know what day it is. It's TV Tunes Tuesday. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, you do. Um, I got a lot of shit last week. For what? 
Last week, a week ago today, mm-hmm. we did TV Tunes Tuesday and we played Star Blazers, yes. remember? Yes, yes. Oh, Which yeah, was Star a Blazers. great uh, anime uh, cartoon from our youth. Yes. However, on that same episode, we announced the passing of an actor named Tom Lester, who played the character of Ebb on a classic 60s TV series called Green Acres. Yeah. Well, a lot of people thought maybe it was a missed opportunity given Tom's death for us to pay tribute to another uh, classic TV theme yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. Ralph, Ralph, what is wrong with you? On the very day you announced the, the death of the sole surviving member of Green Acres, you play some lame ass, I never heard of that show, Blazing Star oh, come theme on. instead of one of the greatest TV themes of all time. All right. Green Acres, man. Okay. Dropping the ball. All right. Wow. I accept your scorn. Let's make it right by talking about Green Acres today. CBS at one point was known as the Hillbilly Network because they had such success with rural television shows. Yeah. And we had talked about this last week. Uh, Beverly Hillbillies, Petticoat Junction. Hell, all the way back to the Andy Griffith show yep. and Mayberry RFD and all those kind of shows. So... um, Paul Henning, who was the producer of Beverly Hillbillies and Petticoat Junction, was offered a third time slot on the network without even needing a pilot. They said, whatever you come up with, we'll just put it on the air. Wow. And he didn't want to have the responsibility of running three shows, so he reached out to his co-worker Jay Summers to create a series for that third time slot. And it just so happened Jay Summers had created an old radio show on the CBS radio network called Granby's Green Acres, and it ran just for eight episodes in the summer of 1950, but it was about a married couple who are city dwellers. He's a big city banker, and he wants to fulfill a lifelong dream by moving his family to a farm despite not knowing anything about farming. Mm -hmm. So he just took that idea and adapted it for television and cast, of course, the great Eddie Albert and then Ava Gabor as his wife. And the only thing they were missing was a theme song. So they reached out to the great Vic Mizzy. Now, Vic Mizzy was uh, one of the great popular songwriters of the 1930s and 40s. And then into the 50s, he decided to start to work in television, composing themes for a couple small shows. It was in 1964, however, that he hit pay dirt. Before he ever got around to Green Acres, he also came up with this gem. Yeah, he uh, did the Adams Family theme. Yeah. And, by the way, held on to all of the publishing rights to that song. Did he? Yes. Smart man. He said two finger snaps bought him a house in Bel Air. <laughs> he said he's lived well his entire life because that song just keeps going yeah. and going. They and just going made an animated one last October. And they use the theme song yeah. every time they reboot the yeah, project. You have to. You got to pay the man. You have to use that song you with do. the Adams Family. Yeah. So the next year they came to him and said, hey, we love how... Uh, the Adams Family opening, the theme song, involved the cast as well. Because you remember the cast are the ones yeah. cl- clipping their, clicking their fingers and snapping their fingers and uh, playing along. So they had another idea for Green Acres doing the same thing, where they would shoot a special opening just to the music. And that's when he came up with this catchy little number that's been one of the favorite TV theme songs ever since. Here it is, the theme to Green Acres. <laughs> Life for me, land spreading out so far and wide. 
Then just give me that countryside. New York is where I'd rather stay. I get allergic smelling hay. I just adore a penthouse view. Darling, I love you, but give me Park Avenue. The chores. The stores. Fresh air. Times Square. You are my wife. Even if you don't know the show, everybody knows that song. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Uh, in its sixth season, Green Acres was canceled in 1971, along with every other show on CBS that had anything to do with rural America. Hmm. It was known as the Rural Purge. <laughs> they literally had a name for it because there was a new president who came into CBS yeah. who hated all the country bumpkin hillbilly stuff. Yeah. And he got rid of everything on the network as one actor put it, that had a tree in it. It went out the door, <laughs> including Lassie. But here's, here's what Lassie got canceled. Mr. Ed, Green Acres, Beverly Hillbillies, Andy Griffith oh. show, Hee Haw. They all got Anything shown. Anything with a tree door. or an animal. Exactly. Gone. Wow. Yes. So the rural purge sadly uh, took out Green Acres in 1971. But we still see it in reruns even to this day. I think MeTV. We're just talking about MeTV. Yeah. I think they still show it. So there it is. A make good from last week. That's the TV theme from Green Acres. Here we go. You know what day it is. It's TV Tunes Tuesday. On today's Ralph Report. Oh, I like that one. All righty. That's it for today's show, boys and girls. Thanks for joining us. Come on back tomorrow. You got to come back for Wednesdays because every Wednesday we do a, uh, we do, there's a, there's a segment we do on Wednesdays. That's the thing one hit wonder. You got that right. It's one hit wonder Wednesday. We will take a smash hit song from the past and then lament the fact that that artist was never able to capture those heights yeah. again. Unless it's a bad song, then we're yeah, happy. and then we're kind of happy. Unless it's <laughs> fucking uh, what's the, the Halloween one, uh, the Monster Mash. Oh, then there's just way too guy. many too many bites at the apple for <laughs> Bobby Barr's picket. Uh, we'll also have Steve Ashton, the birthday boy, is going to stop by and give us a UK update, plus all your phone calls, entertainment news, and much, much more. We're going to have a good time, but it's not quite as good unless you show up. So please, stay the fuck at home. Wash your hands, and then come on back. I love you. I mean it. Bye.